Thanks for listening to Why You Won Spurs. I'm afraid to say that a technical difficulties meant that the quality of the podcast this week is terrible. I mean, the internal computer mic has recorded it annoyingly. My mic that I plugged in didn't record the podcast as it was supposed to. Uh, so this quality is not going to be great, but the content's good. So please bear with it. There's going to be parts where it's going to be hard to listen to. But try bear with us and hopefully it's not going to be too terrible. But yeah, sorry about that. Technical difficulties. It's kind of messed up this podcast, but we're still going to put it out there. So thanks for listening. Welcome along to the first YE1 Spurs pod of the year. It's me, Ian Wallace, alongside the right boys, Simeon and Peter, and it's a return to the platform too for Matthew Fletcher-Jones. Fletch, how are you, mate? I'm good. It's, good actually, it's actually nearly one year to the day since you last recorded with us. Uh, yeah, I just saw the, uh, the logins when I logged in and I was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it looks like we had a romantic one on Valentine's Day last year. So yeah, and did uh, presumably you haven't done it for a year because you've um, you've been uh, offered Love Island or Big Brother or something like that after your famous yeah, being on like this. Or um, uh, wasting my time going to Spurs games. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 try not to do that. And uh, and Sim, how are you, mate? You good? Yeah, yeah, I'm really really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's good to be back on the podcast. It's been a while. I think the last one we did was the Muambo one, wasn't it? Yeah, and Sim, you've been to the States for a couple of weeks, traveling around. Oh yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, did yeah. you get to see our friends at LA Spurs? I actually did. Yeah, I watched yeah. the Chelsea game with them. The oh, well, I say the Chelsea game. We played them four times and lost this season. Yeah, uh, I, I watched. I watched the first leg of the League Cup. Yeah. Um. In even the was it the second leg, the home one. Yeah, yeah. Where Rudiger scored. I watched that in San Francisco okay. at like midday and had a nice little day drinking session. Nice. And then I watched with the LA Spurs supporters group. I watched the two 0 And what Stanford were they like? Were they were they kinder to us? They were the... good. Yeah, it was really nice to to meet them, and it was yeah, it was a real mix kind of ages and like okay. men and women. Most of them were American. They, I didn't really meet any kind of expats there yeah. they're all just american la based spurs fans it was amazing oh that's interesting that's really good so you obviously spread the word about why you won spurs uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I, I we just haven't released anything since so they've yeah, been right. left starved of content peter you okay yeah i'm good yeah, yeah. yeah. busy 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 aren't you absolutely ridiculously busy but yeah. really having trouble syncing up my group <laughs> successive home defeats 
Last week against Southampton, then Wolves. We're asked, what on earth is going wrong? And you'll hear the entirety of Peter's appearance on TalkSport. Can't wait for that game. Um, also, who's been the biggest winners and losers of Antonio Conte's reign so far? And just how many of the 11 who played Wolves would you accept in next season's lineup? Also, we'll touch on will Man City away be a bloodbath? All that. And then there's going to be a nice little thing at the end where we're really going to mix it up. We're going to do a bit of role play. Um, you'll find out about that later. This is why he won Spurs. OK, so let's go in. What went wrong last week? Matt, you were there as ever. What's your sort of thoughts? What went wrong against Wolves and Southampton? Let's start with Southampton, Matt, please. Uh, well, I think it was the same thing in both games, really. Um, and I think the Wolves manager even pointed it out afterwards that we play with two in midfield. Um, and we were just overrunning both games. Um, you know, I, I listened to something which kind of said, because against Southampton, it genuinely did look like they had more players on the pitch. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. And apparently they played a 4 2 2 Two uh, or a diamond in the middle, or whatever you want to call it, and and we were just overrunning the centre, um, you know. And if you're kind of getting overrun there, I mean, they could have. If we'd been seven-one down at halftime against Southampton, I don't think we could have complained about it that much. And then against Wolves, um, exactly the same thing, you know. It's uh, it's three against two. Neves was the spare man, um, you know, and when we changed it, it was quite evenly balanced. But for me, it just looks we're playing a system where we don't really have the players uh, yeah. Yeah. to cope with it, adding the lack of wing backs. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of plain to see. And unfortunately, everyone else can see it as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. Sim, what's your sort of thoughts on that? Because I think you touched on that about you felt they had more players than us on the pitch. Yeah, it did feel like that. And I think Matt is right to talk about the midfield. It's just, I suppose, I would normally say that it's the lack of quality in midfield. I mean, we know the deficiencies of Harry Winks and Pierre-Emil Hoybier, don't we? We know that they're probably not the players to be taking us forward. They're not the players to be getting us into the Champions League. But what really disappointed me was the fact that Benton Kerr, uh, the new guy, started against Wolves. And I don't know, it's, it's difficult if you've got a, a new player making his making his full debut. I know he'd, he'd made a couple of appearances off the bench, but you've got someone making their full debut and they get kind of shocked by, and this is the Wolves game I'm obviously talking about here, you get shocked by going 2-0 down. And I, I hope, I'm hoping that that is literally just the case of that, that it was such a difficult start to that game that uh, after we conceded them two goals um, it was kind of just Do you not think he played well? I, I, I thought he played alright to be honest I thought he played okay um, so I'm hope that's why I'm hopeful I'm hopeful because I feel like the problem is is always the midfield of us um, maybe kind of misfiring a bit up top as well uh, I, I wouldn't say Kane and I wouldn't say Son I wouldn't say Son has been on good form for a is while it, is, now but is it the formation? No, I don't think it is the form. I, well, no, no, I think it is partly the formation. I think, I think up top, I think we're too narrow. I, I don't like, I don't like the fact that when we have Lucas, Son, and Kane, um, and you see, you see Son and you see Son and uh, and Lucas are, are almost like, they're almost like right next to Kane. I don't think we're 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 expansive enough in that way, and I, I get why they're doing it because it's the wing backs are so important in the system. 
and it kind of gives them more space. But I just I feel like we're too narrow um, at the top end of the pitch, and it's a bit easy to defend against. But possibly, sometimes. possibly Fletch, to your point about the wing backs, our wing backs are possibly not good enough to sort of play this system, and that's what's causing the imbalance. I, I, I think so. I mean, um, you know, I think Reggie's a decent player, um, but obviously he got left out. And under the way Conte plays, you know, these guys have to be attacking and defensive machines and the fittest guys on the pitch. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's a big ask. I can see why he wanted Traore, possibly. Uh, but I don't think the players are there. And, you know, you've got you to ask the question that, you know, is it definition of madness just yeah, continuously yeah. doing the same thing? You know, we looked, we went to four two three one against Wolves pretty quickly after being 2-0 down. You know, Sessignon was sacrificed. And, you know, Wolves didn't really create anything. You know, they let us have the ball and... Unfortunately, we're chasing a game against possibly the best defence in the league. Um, But, you know, it did look, particularly with Kulishevsky at 10, uh, you know, there there was more there and everyone looked slightly more comfortable in what they were doing. And at at the moment, it's just kind of, you know, I would would change it to 3-5-2, which I think is the system he's always preferred anyway. Mm, I think we need another body in the middle and... I think he's almost kind of settled on this system because of Mora's form. You know, it, it kind of feels like we're having to play this way because Mora's been so good this season, whereas you probably would play Son and Kane up front. But I think it's, we're just getting overrun in the set. And when the Wolves coach can just come out and say, Spurs play with two in the middle, so we played three. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 that's not going to stop. And, we're now playing Man City, who, as far as I can tell, play with about eight centre midfielders. <laughs> so, you know, that could be really quite dangerous. Yeah, we'll, come, we'll come on to that a bit later. But but Peter was Peter went to the game on Sunday and was so angry um, that he, he actually phoned up TalkSport and um, actually got onto TalkSport. And um, this is, uh, this is his, uh, the clip. We've uh, clipped it from TalkSport. So, Peter, let's hear your clip. Right, let's go speak to Peter. He's also a Spurs fan. He was at the game today. Uh, Peter, poor performance, Wolves on top. Do you still think you guys can get the top four? Um, really, I don't want to sound... Uh, well, I'll just say before that that I'm probably uh, bluer than Anthony. <laughs> well, <I'm not. laughs> um, just struggled home through the wind and rain. Um, top four. Uh, after the coming out of the Brighton game, I would have said, yeah, um, feeling really sort of uh, upbeat about it. Uh, spool on a couple of days later and um, you're just down on the floor again. I mean, games in hand are meaningless if you can't beat middle-of-the-table teams like Southampton and yeah. Wolves. And I just, you know, today, I just think we, we weren't at it at all. You know, it's really, I don't understand it, really. Uh, can't, I'm scratching my head, trying to put my finger on it, where we went wrong. Two individual errors cost us, I think. Um, but it was the same against Chelsea in two legs of the EFL Cup. It was just individual errors and you find yourself 2-0 down against Wolves who don't tend to concede goals. Um, of the two new signings, I suppose Bentecourt looked like the one who's got the most about him. But the, the other one, uh, Kuz, Kuz, 
I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Kulusevsky. I don't really know what he's about, really. Um, doesn't seem to have any pace. Um, felt really sorry for Sessignon, who yeah, I totally yeah. sort, of like, sort of sacrificed him. Could that, have been anyone. Um, that tactical uh, change uh, uh, by Conte, but this, this is going to sound like a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, but I think we're, we're eighth at best, and I don't want any Spurs fan out there to build up his hopes of or their hopes of being top four because without wanting to call the season a write-off, with this personnel, I don't think we're any more than eighth. Because like I said, those games in hand don't mean anything unless we can win them. Absolutely, Pete. I think you're totally right there. If you've got the games in hand, but you can't win the games, and there's no point. But where, where do you stand on um, Hugo Lloris? Because I think he's not been at the same Hugo Lloris we know since probably about 2018, where he started to make mistakes then. But even if you look at the goals today... Uh, no, I mean, what I will say is that Hugo saved us so many times, so I would allow him the odd mistake. But uh, I don't know. If you get a goalkeeper doing that behind the defence, it's going to make everybody jittery. And, you know, as it was unfolding, you were just saying to yourself, what the hell is he doing? But, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I disagree with Anthony in the sense that I think it was right to give him another contract, but I think we've got to really look look to the future I think I think he dug us out a few uh, out of a few holes in the past, so I, I would allow that sort of mistake. But it's just the errors, individual errors around him. I mean, he's just one of a catalogue of sort of errors. I mean, I've seen Romero give the ball away. That back three system. I, I think there's 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 ricks all over that back three. Um, we've got I'd say the, the quality in that side, including Loris. Romero is a good is a good player. I just think that he needs better around him. Son and Kane, I would sort of single out that quartet of players as the quality in that team. The rest of them, well, I don't think those four players can drag the team up to their level. Peter, do you think the two last two results are even more concerning, Southampton and Wolves, considering we've got Manchester City away next game? They were For me, they were vital to at least get one victory out of them two. That's, that's so disappointing. Yeah, I saw those as six pointers. I, I saw us getting emerging from these, from these two fixtures with six points. We've got a cluster of away games coming up now, including the Man City game, that rearranged game with Burnley. Yep. Um, and then Leeds as well. Before. Yeah, so uh, and uh, Middlesbrough Cup game. Yeah. So um, these were the games that we needed to get the points. But unfortunately, people seem to come to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and they just fancy themselves against us. Mm. They just fancy they're going to get a result there. And, you know, it pains me to see that happen. You know, um, it, it, just, it just seems to be a place where, I mean, we made Southampton look like world beaters on, on Wednesday night. Well, Peter, you talk about at, at the, the new stadium. I mean, you've... We've got the overall record here where you've you've won 32 games there, you've lost 15, and you've drawn eight. So that doesn't really scream of your your home pitch being, you know, I mean, a, a impenetrable. It's hardly a fortress, is it? No, not I mean, at all. No. And then uh, Conte, I think Conte said he wants to turn this place into a fortress. Well, I think he's now starting to realise the task in front of him. More like a sandcastle at the minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. A house built on sand. Yeah, I, I just feel that uh, teams come there. I mean, I think maybe Wolves must have studied the video of the Southampton game because the, the way Southampton lined up against us, we couldn't get out of our third. They just pressed us so high. I just, 
I just don't think there's quality, enough quality. I mean, the likes of Winks, you know, bless him, Tottenham through and through, but just don't think he's up to the level that's going to get us into the top four. And, yeah. No, not at all. Well, listen, Peter, great call. I, hit, I believe that uh, Simeon Jr. is your son? He is indeed, you know. Yeah, he's uh, proud, proud of my boy. And, he's a credit uh, to you, I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, he dodged the bullet by missing today's game. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, listen, we really appreciate your call. Thanks for calling. Yeah, nice talking to you. Thank, uh, have a great thank evening. You. Thank, thank you, you too. Peter, old Simeon Junior, Simeon Senior, sorry, because yeah. Simeon Junior sits behind the glass back there. Um, but I like the fact he, the fact he, the, point, flacky, yeah? <laughs> the fact he pointed out to Ambrose what a sandcastle was it? A house built on yeah, sand. Yeah, yeah. In case you didn't know. <laughs> so, Peter, what, what, what made what made you phone up? Were you so angry, or what, what did you sort of? I mean, because it was such a measured response. It was actually one of the best response, one of the best calls I've ever heard on TalkSport <laughs> because it wasn't reactionary, it was measured. You know, the, the, my only disappointment is you didn't mention the podcast, but, you know, yeah, you can't have everything. But, but what, 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 what made you call? I just kind of make some sense of it, you know, because after a Spurs defeat, unfortunately, I've got that kind of uh, post-mortem mentality that a lot of people just want to just forget about it and cry into their bit. I just want to try to make sense of it and... You know, it's just like, without having a rant, I just wanted to just uh, speak to other people, trying to, you know, sort of reason it out and find out what, what's got, what's going wrong, you know. Uh, I, I, and I was uh, probably angrier at the Southampton game, actually, yeah. in terms of, just, which is the one I, which is one I watched on telly, and it was chucking away two leads. But uh, just those those two games, we, we they just, I just saw them as games we could, Pick up six points in, so yeah. But do you, but do you, do you, does anyone go say, Peter's going to ask you, do you think possibly these last two results might be a blip and we possibly, you know, we might, it may, it may sort of make us, make Conte change the way we're playing, Peter? Do you I'm think? Sure. Is it a blip or is no, there? We haven't got the personnel as Matt, Matt said to actually play what the system that he wants to play, and it's just not, not for that reason, it's not working. And I, and I worry about that. He's not got the players in a right or left wing back to do it. Um, I felt a bit sorry for Sessegnon in the sense that you know he got sacrificed like that. And yeah. He never really. We just two 0 down after 18 minutes. So you, you, your game plan, whatever it is, goes out the window. So um, moving forward, if you're saying is it a blip? Well, we'll find out against Man City. <laughs> is it a bloodbath or not? Um, Fletch, do you think Dyer has been um, like a huge influence missing for us? Um, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of people kind of um, talking about him that it'll kind of be okay when he returns. Uh, is that a worry though? <laughs> well, well, yeah, because you know, kind of. You know, we had him storming into the stands not long ago because he used to get that much stick. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, I, I I like Dyer and I think, you know, I think he is one of the few leaders we have and he's got his experience and so on. Um, but, and, and, and I think at the moment, anything which means Sanchez is out of the team is probably a good thing. But I'm not sure it's going to make... A kind of a world of difference because, you know, from what what Pete was saying, then we got we got overrun by Southampton, who who were brilliant and just looked tactically better and fitter and stronger against Wolves. Both goals were kind of just defensive calamities, 
Um, and it's, you know, it, it's kind of worrying that, you know, I don't think the system failed that much against Wolves because it didn't have time to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost just, you know, bad defending and, and you've got that, a combo of a system which doesn't work and centre-backs who are, are not that great. But that's why, say, Matt, that's why I say, Matt, is it a blip? Is it like, you know, they, they, we're 2-0 down, I mean, it could happen like 1-0 down, suddenly you're chasing a little bit. Is it a blip? I, I don't think it, because I think if we continue to play that system, then it's going to keep on happening, to be honest. I don't think the players are there. I do think there are, you know, and we can talk about the new players later, but, you know, I kind of, I think we've brought some quality in. Uh, but I think trying to play the way we are with kind of, you know, two wide wing backs, effectively two wide forwards, Kane, and then a massive gap in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and to add, you know, I feel sorry for Harry Winks. He's he's getting a lot of stick at the moment, but we're kind of asking him to be one Yama and Dembele in one player. Um, and, you know, he's the one who's kind of seems to have this role of receiving the ball and trying to be the one who gets out from the press. But he can't do that when he's got three players on him. So he either passes it back and gets stick or he turns and gets robbed and gets a load of stick. So um, That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting you say that. What do you reckon, Sim? Well, well I, I mean, I, just one thing I've got to pick up on is that like, I, I take that that we didn't have time to for the system to go wrong because we conceded the goal so early in the game. But like, we've got Man City on the weekend. That's going to happen. Yeah. We're, 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 we're more than likely to concede a goal or two in the first 10, 20 minutes of that game. And then what the hell happens in that yeah. game? One thing I noticed, uh, just uh, going in both games, if you say is it a blip, it's not a blip. Because both the pattern is that Southampton would not let us out of our third. So uh, they, the press was so ferocious from you know their front three, and it was an organised press, and we could not get out of our third of the pitch. And I think at times against Wolves, it was the same thing. And we all know about Man City. And, and, ba- the and basic so, stuff as well, like getting the ball out of your box, clearing the ball. And maybe that is why Eric Dyer will be good when he comes back into the team. Because if there's one thing he can do, he can get his head on it and get the ball out or smash it over the stand. And, Fle- and Fletcher sort of mentioned about, like, you know, like alluded to the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing. But possibly, this, you know, possibly against Man City, if you were the coach, Peter, I mean, for me, being a very basic low-level coach, I'd possibly play longer. Yeah, Jermaine Genus was I really like Jermaine Genus as a pundit on Match of the Day and he's he's got a lot of Spurs you know, he's got a soft spot obviously for Spurs mm-hmm. and he said like if you'll be impressed like that, you just have to go along occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't keep doing the thing and then Hugo is calamitous, calamitous passes out wide, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't just go along if that's happening, if you're getting impressed like is that, that but then do the do the Spurs fans suddenly turn around and go, Oh, that's Jose Ball again. And then Conte gets a load of steps. Yeah, yeah. That's what we were doing against. That's what we were doing under Jose. We were sitting back and yeah. and, and smashing it long. I don't know how else they're going to beat the press in the immediate term. You know. Uh, no, I I agree. But but I, I, just... I agree to go longer. Uh, just very short term. Um, I just want to come back to the scapegoat thing you you mentioned, Fletch and Peter. Like you were at the game on Sunday and Winks. I mean, I remember, I don't know, possibly you guys might be a little bit younger. Me and Peter, Fennick, Terry Fennick was a very much like a scapegoat in in like the I don't know the late eight, early nineties I suppose, and I, and I just felt he was a really important player for us. He was a really head, but all the fans hated him. And do you think 
Winks is basically that sort of Bennett character, Peter. Is no, he... I don't think so. I think he kind of like had a really torrid time against in that game against Bayern Munich where yeah, he got hand at home. Yeah. I think he, I think he's still scarred by that. Because mm. <laughs> prior to that, I'd seen him in the Wembley period playing against people like Real Madrid, Real Madrid, and yeah. Dortmund bossing it, you know, and starting the tempo. Yeah, that was. And I said, oh, Winks has got, he's got, this guy's got, this guy's got a future. Yeah. Because he's just calm in possession. He was, he had that, I think, um, Matt Bowers described him as a metronomic. Yeah. Sort of just tick, keeping it ticking over. And that's what he was doing. I, I was behind the goals of Wembley, watched him switch it from side to side. Yeah. Seemed to lose that against Bayern. And, just, and, and he's just gone to pieces. Maybe that's a confidence thing. And that's interesting you say about that that period, because it was yeah. like three years ago, I think yesterday, or it might be today, that we played Dortmund. We beat Dortmund at Wembley. I mean, yeah. I was there at that, that mm. game, and, and Winks was, in, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, moving the ball. But is that like a different formation for Winks? Because I mean, Winks just can't play in this formation. Do you think, Sim? Uh, maybe so, yeah. Uh, who did we have alongside him in, in those days? It might yeah. be Dembele. It wasn't like Dembele. Dembele Eriksson, yeah. So he had someone to give the ball to ahead of him. There's yeah. no one ahead of him to give the ball to this nowadays. I mean, and and like we're, I mean, it's against City. We're going to be playing a team with like and Fletch alluded to, like eight, eight or nine number tens. We don't have one yeah. in our in our whole squad. Apart from the closest we have is, is Harry Kane. Do so we have a coach that slavishly sticks to one tactic? Does he have a plan B? I don't really know. I didn't think when he's at Chelsea. Obviously, didn't follow him at all because I can't bear them. <laughs> but. I mean, has anyone got any sort of knowledge of how, you know, is he flexible? I mean, obviously he changed. Not, not traditional. I mean, at Chelsea, he started off playing for the back and who was it? Was it Arsenal they famously beat? They were 2-0 down and they changed to wing-backs at half-time and won 3-2 and then went on to win the league. That's right. I don't think they actually won that. They, they lost, they were, they, they were three, they were three nil down at half-time. They drew the second half and they went out. Right, that's it. Yeah. And they, um, uh, uh, he certainly played it in intro. It is his system, but I think he's always, I believe he's traditionally always played with three in the middle. It's like a 5 3 2. Rather than, you know, it's that Mora point again where I think he's kind of looked at us and going, oh, well, I, I, we haven't got a playmaker, so let's rely on the two fast lads at the site. Um, and I think, you know, if, if those are his principles, then, you know, you go, um, it's a system Wolves play after all, you know, um, and it kind of works for them. And they had that extra man in the middle. So, you know, I, I don't see him abandoning wing backs, uh, but we definitely need to, I'm not sure we need two wing backs and two wide men as well. What about um, the, the going, going back to the wing backs? So, Sim, like Emerson? Emerson, it, what is Emerson? Is he good? Is he bad? Doherty, for me, is like terrible, but is he that terrible, Sim? What's your, what's em, your em, Emerson, I I didn't mind him until maybe about a week ago, yeah. uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I still think he, there's a good player in there. He's so young. He's like 20, 22, 23. Yeah. I think he's 22. His crossing has to improve, obviously, but he's always in the positions to put the crosses in, which is good. Defensively, I mean, I, I don't... I don't think, I think maybe the last game I went to was the Leeds game and that might have been like late November, early December and he got destroyed by their system where they just kind of doubled up on him and I think in the last week we've seen teams do that to him and 
really target him? Was it the Southampton game where he got really badly targeted yeah. by I, someone? But I, 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 uh, but then I went to the Palace game where I thought he was particularly good in that game. So I was a bit worried, I like I worried for my mate Nick, who has promised to eat a Royale cheese every time MC scores. <laughs> no worries. That's how I'm worried. Because he sort of like got a, a gold chalked up. And I thought, well, what happened? You're worried you? he's not going to get to eat enough of them. Yeah, if he gets, what if he gets an hat-trick? You know, but, but just, you, you sort of talked about someone doubling up on players, you know, yeah, at a very low level, you know, we've always played football, you know, I, I, even like my Sunday, my Casper Sunday team, you know, I, I sort of know the team we're playing on Sunday, they've got a very poor right side, you know, and I, I'm like, a, you know, the man in the street, surely that, you know, surely these teams are thinking, Jesus, we can, we can bury them down their full-backs, they're terrible, and is it is it just the personnel, Fletch? Um... Quite possibly. I mean, I thought Southampton early on actually tried the other side first. Um, they were trying to put balls over Davis's head, knowing that Reggion wasn't brilliant at tracking on the other side. Uh, but I think Davis managed to get his head to a couple of them, and they quickly switched with uh, great success to the other flank. But they all, I also think there was... Um, an element of they were trying to get Ward Prowse into space, who I think is a fantastic player and um, got one of the best right foots in probably world football. Um, but they were, you know, the from the other end of the stadium, seeing, you know, being one nil up and in two minutes seeing possibly an identical goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen either of them back on TV as I haven't forced myself to suffer them. But you know, it did kind of feel like where. That you've gone for that that spot. It seemed to be a guy running in from the right back, uh, attacking the centre and getting their head to it. Different players as well, um, you know. And I, I agree with Sim. I think there's possibly a, you know he's only been there a few months, uh, but at the moment he people say he's good defensively, and then we can see goals, and he's certainly not good offensively. So yeah, we're back to the old wing back problem. Um, Peter, you've been to a few go- quite a few games recently, as Fletch is always there with season ticket. Do you think at the moment we'd be better having a run of away games because the crowd is possibly not really... For, for me, I sort of feel better with a few away games, obviously not Man City. Sim, <laughs> what do you sort of think? A few away games might be good? Yeah, possibly. Uh, I mean, we had that crazy away day at Leicester, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, maybe more moments like that, but Again, that was kind of a bit of a stumble to victory sort of thing. Maybe we need some of those. Maybe it's easier to do that away from home. And obviously, there's there's a lot of teams who are with kind of discontented fan bases. I'd, I'd need to probably check our, our fixtures, yeah. uh, who we've got coming up away. Burnley and Leeds. Burnley and Leeds. So, yeah. uh, probably not the ideal ones, really. I mean, yeah. but then I, I suppose like a lot of teams have had bounces as well. Like Newcastle, we've already been there, but they've they've improved on, under house, so they're kind of bouncing um, I've played Everton away yet because they've their their crowds, particularly their home crowd, has kind of bounced in with Lampard. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we have we've been there, haven't we? As well, yeah, we we drew that game 0-0. Yeah, yeah, um, so that's that's two yeah, that's two grounds we don't have to go to, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but Burnley are under a lot of pressure. Yeah, um, they're 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 kind of getting to the point now where they need 
20, you'd think like 20, 25 points to survive. They've got to win games, so maybe yeah. you could pick them off. So, so potentially, that, yeah. That's yeah. my point. Yeah, um, that might be, I, you might be right there. I just want to move on to the next topic. You know, it sort of segues in nicely. You know, how do we judge the first three years of a new White Hart Lane? You know, I, I just I just think, Fletch, you sort of got season ticket. You know, we all go reg. You know, we all go as much as we can. Are, are the fans a bit culpable in not in putting pressure on the team? And, you know, are we... Should we sort of look at ourselves as fans and sort of make it more of a fortress? What do you think, Fletch? It's a good point, man. It's um, I think it's a kind of a common problem when you go to a bigger stadium. You know, you do have. I think most clubs will have a committed hardcore who will make a row and be behind the team, kind of come rain or shine. But you're slightly more fair weathery fans can be quite quick to turn. Yeah. Um, as a as a, a Wales fan, um, Wales choose to play in the smaller Cardiff City Stadium because of the atmosphere and support generated than play that stadium a mile away with 40,000 more fans for a reason. You know, it kind of, the atmosphere is positive and supportive. So I think it... You know, I think it it's just kind of happens in modern football, really, um, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, but on the other hand, there have been times when it's been absolutely electric there, you know. And bizarrely, Man City on the first day of the season, you know, I know it was new manager, Marino had gone post-COVID. The atmosphere was fantastic because, you know, I know we won 1-0, but the players just gave everything that day. And I thought the fans responded in exactly the same way. Um, so, you know, when, when it's good there, it can be very good. But the derision against Southampton, we were getting absolutely battered before half-time. Um, and it turned very, very quickly. And, you know, as, as Pete said, Wolves was um, kind of 60 minutes of nothing, really. And Pete, Pete how, do you, how do you feel about the, the us as fans and our listeners? Hopefully, are they listening? You know, should we go there? Should are, are we a little bit culpable putting pressure on them? I know it's like the fan. You know, a lot of clubs have this problem, but should we? You know, should we be a bit culpable as fans? Should we sort of be trying to raise the team? Yes, we're waiting for a sign from them or something from yeah. them, but. Peter, what's your yeah, we're kind of like very, we're very reactionary, aren't we? We, we, we react. I think a lot of football fans are. They're just crazy. And like, 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 they, they just react to what's happening and they just need a lift. Even if it's somebody flying into a tackle, it just lifts everybody. And, uh, but does that go know, back to the personnel? The diary skip hasn't been playing, you know. I mean, one of the questions yeah. you pose, how do you make Tottenham Hotspur Stadium a portrait? Uh, short of turning off the hot water and the showers in the away <laughs> dressing room, you could do that. But, you know, in all seriousness... Uh, you need the personnel on the pitch who are going to. That's where you, that's where you build, uh, you know, the quality, and that's how it becomes a fortress. I mean, I cast your mind back to October 2016, 
the old White Hart Lane. Yeah. Uh, Man City came, hadn't lost a game. Uh, we just completely battered them. We penned them in. Uh, we had uh, the press. We had uh, Walker and Rose were just bombing mm. down the wings yeah. like dervishes. Um, Yan and Toby, majestic mm. centre uh, centre backs. We were just. It was just a completely different era. I think we, throttled, we throttled teams. Uh, that was a, a season where we didn't lose a game, or was it? Was it was, yeah. yeah. It was the yeah. People have to be careful not to get too roast hinted about that. I, I hear I hear people now saying stuff like, oh, yeah, well, we used to win every single game. We we, we had one season at the end of the, the, the whole history of White Hart Lane where we won every game there. Uh, like, bar, I think it was like one or two games in that yeah, season we didn't win. Yeah, yeah. But that's because of the team that we had. Yeah, we need. We play. had a very we good need, team. It's not. It's not because it's not because the stadium was like this no, force no. field of a place that that, that just won us games. Like the, 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 the seats, the stands, the four stands, the open corner. I didn't win us games. It was the players on the pitch. We need the players to make that a reality. The four things yeah. a reality. It's, it's happened. It's but but do you, we're going we're going back to Wembley. You know, there was times at Wembley. There was games there where you and the atmosphere at Wembley. You know. I just thought, wow, this is incredible. You know, this is brilliant. But Dortmund, you spent in Dortmund. Dortmund, Dortmund, and and, and it, was good, was it was a good team. It was a good yeah. team again on the on the pitch. And yeah. Wembley got Wembley. I mean, imagine if this team was playing in Wembley. Jesus, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be people throwing stuff probably, wouldn't they? Yeah, you, you're not wrong. I just want to sort of go back to the the Spurs um, overall record in the new ground. I'd like to say I did this uh, research, but Sim obviously is a professional. Um, so overall, we've like, won 32 games, we've drawn eight, and we've lost 15. Wow, that's, that's that, a lot. That's not. Is it terrible? I can't well, it's, well then, if you kind of club 15 games, considering we're we're a team that see ourselves as being like a team that's striving for the top four. Yeah. Uh, your maths are better than mine. Eight plus 15 is 23. So, so we, we'll call it 23, uh, 32 wins to 23 non-wins. Because mm. so we expect, to win, percent, we yeah. expect yeah. to win home games. Yeah. How many games have Chelsea lost at home? Yeah. In that yeah. period. Sorry, Peter. Sorry. No, I'm just saying, it's, no, 15 games at home is too much for a team that wants to be in top. Yeah. Uh, Fletch, what do you think about that start of losing 15 and drawing eight at home? Yeah, we never. It's never felt felt like we've been. You know, I'm sure we haven't had a run of seven or eight home wins in a row, have we? It's always yeah. felt a little bit. And we did definitely struggle when we first got there. But you, you know, you need to be. But we have had a pandemic as well in, in that as well. So that some of those variables possibly maybe. True, true, but it feels. Um, I mean, you know, I think we're all surprised that we've lost two games in this week, and it's. It's come as a bit of a surprise, but um, you know I can't remember the last time. Actually, I can remember the last time I was there when we lost at home. So ignore that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, we've we've never. I don't think other teams are particularly scared to come there. In fact, I think they enjoy coming there because yeah. it's such a good ground. And you know, cred Southampton's fans and you know Wolves' fans are always noisy, but Southampton <laughs> filled their ends and. You know, they made a hell of a row. Like, they did celebrate like they'd won the Champions League at the end, which was a bit embarrassing. But, you know, they, they do always have, you know, the away end is always kind of rocking. And I think I think teams kind of like coming to our place at the moment because it, you know, is, you know, it's maybe not as intimidating as a an Anfield or, dare I even say, a Stamford Bridge. 
Well, I wouldn't say that's an intimidating atmosphere, Stanford Bridge, but the old White Hart Lane Fletch was intimidating. Yeah, close to the pitch and, you know, small, rowdy crowd. I think it's, you know, the same as going to Leeds or, you know, as Sim said, kind of Goodison Park. And apparently, you know, Newcastle have run three and a bounce now and mate of mine's a Geordie and he says it's rowdy as hell at the moment because they literally haven't won two home games in a row in ages. Um, and it's absolutely bouncing. Um, but, you know, I do sometimes feel like as uh, can turn on the team pretty quickly. And but I think that's most fan, most sets of fans, though, don't you think? Yeah, Possibly yeah. in modern football, yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, Conte asking for for patience later on. But can, 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 patience can we move on to that, Fletch, actually? Because... Um, I just want to go to Peter first, and I'll come to you, Fletch, after. Should, Peter, do you think we should all calm down a little bit and just basically get on board with a rebuild project, be more patient? This is the painful rebuild that Potts spoke about. But do you think we should be, should, people should be going to the stadium, being a little bit calmer, getting behind the team? It's a rebuild, a rebuild, a rebuild. Yeah, I just think, like I said, in the, when I was on Talk Sport of the Weekend, it's... Yeah, to get it in again, you should say. <laughs> Please don't expect too much from this season because, you know, Spurs will kill you with hope. You know, like, this is Spurs we're talking about. You'd like, we think, oh, we'll win these games in hand, we'll be top four. And then you lose at home to Southampton and Wolves, and, you know. But, but this, this season, the, my frustration is that this season is the best opportunity we're going to get because, okay, what? Because, the, the, I mean, everyone else is crap ahead of us. Man United are crap. Um, I mean, who, who else is who else is in the West running? Ham, West, West Ham aren't going to build up the consistency, really. They're in Europe. Arsenal are, are Arsenal. They're, they Can't they fought, they fall in in this era. They falter more than we do, and that's saying something. It's the biggest opportunity, and I suppose Arsenal have the same thing because of the no Europe. I've been to, I've been waiting for this for like ten, twelve years, where we're not actually in the Europa League going into the second half of the season. We have to take advantage of that. We have to say advantage. I, I, I do not think we're worthy of even talking about top four at the moment. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But there are four better teams in the league than us at the moment, unfortunately. But then what do, we, what do we do then? Do we just accept that we're a Europa League level team then? It's incredible though. It's incredible though to think we are still in contention, Champions League contention. Yeah. To your point, Simon, like there's mm. a lot of people in front of us faltering. Okay, I just want to come back to my point about should we all calm down and get on board with a rebuild project? I mean, Fletch... You're in the world of PR and like sports comms. What, how, how would you how do you sort of frame this as the fact that we're in a rebuild? How would you sort of sell it to the fans, or can you not sell it to the fans? You sort of go along with it. What 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 does what does Levy or Conte do? It's it's hard to sell it at this point of the season. Whereas you know everything Sim has just said is spot on. Right? Fourth, if we won those two games this week, we'd be red hot favourites for fourth. Um, you know, and that that kind of the carrot to that being dangled kind of makes it very hard to say, oh, be patient with this and so on. Um, you know, if they'd if they'd kind of they they should have made more. I felt in the summer of I think we got rid of like eleven players or something over the summer. Um, you know, with some kind of fairly smart work from Paratici, I guess to move on some of the dead woods. Um, and you that's the type of thing where we should be saying, yeah, we just got rid of a load of players, so there's new players coming in, give it a bit of time type of thing. 
but it's 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 a very hard you've got to say that message kind of consistently um and not kind of flip-flop backwards and forwards because isn't that a whole nother white flag though no i think if you if you say it from the start you kind of go because if you do better than that it's a bonus you know it's a kind of you know don't don't say too much possibly at the moment wolves are the fourth best team in the country but no one is looking at them there's no expectation but they've gradually kind of um brought in a new manager and a few new players they've got the system They've got the defence nice and tight, and now they're winning games, even though they've only scored, you know, about 20-odd goals or something. Um, So there's no expectation there. You know, Arsenal will always kind of have some expectation around the youngsters or whatever at the moment, and they will mess it up. So I think you just kind of have to choose a position early on and, uh, and kind of stick to it. And maybe if we weren't... In with that, you know, if Man United were good, then fourth wouldn't be a hope, would it? With the players they've got, they mm. should be top four, and then it would be an easier message to kind of sell. But it, I think, it's very hard mid-season when there is the hope killing you as usual to try and kind of say, actually, guys, we're rebuilding, and everyone just be patient. And mm. you know, then I'll go, all right, can I have a? Can I have the last seven games on my season ticket back then, and I'll see you next August. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's a write-off at all, but just don't break your heart over getting into the top four. But you know, still, still strive for it, but don't break your heart over it because, like I said, I think there are four better teams in the league than I. I, I possibly six better teams than I, <laughs> maybe. Personal wise, maybe. Yeah. Um, but but surely there must be a little bit of. Um, so, Flex, sorry, going back to you and the PR comms world, surely they should be spinning, you know, the fact that they've got to clear out, you know, on loan, La Celso, Delhi, Gill, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, to, you know, to, to coin oh, out. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be celebrating the fact that we got rid of Gill. I think that's a failure more than anything. Yeah, but it's the part, it's the past regime though, Sim. Do you think? I think that yeah, he said well, quite it's a, a per- lot. It's about, a Paratici signing. Oh, okay, well, okay. Possibly the other. You're right. Yeah, possibly the <laughs> others. Yeah, well, definitely the others for sure. Or was it a Nuno signing? Or was it after? Was I, it I think signing? I think Paratici's pretty much been given the keys to the recruitment, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, but the others. I mean, the Delhi, the Celso, um, the, the other guys you talked about. Yeah. Lamella's questionable, I suppose. Yeah, it's not looking particularly good. So if you're looking at that, it's like purely as a swap with Brian Gill, that's looking like a poor bit of business. But Conti's made a lot. Of, sorry, Peter. Conti's made a lot of um, a lot of noise about you know personnel, hasn't he? In, in every inter- in every interview, he seems to sort of say, "Oh, they can't. He can't fault the team for energy and commitment and uh, and trying, but we just don't have the personnel." So basically, he's you know mugging the players off a little bit without actually coming yeah. out. Someone needs to put a stop to that. Do you think? Do you think that? That's interesting you say that because I felt that a little bit. These sort of mugging them off without actually yeah, mugging them off. Because it's like you know, you could look at another way. And players um, like you know, Delhi hasn't performed for two and a half years. Dembele, you know, on Dembele we did a great job getting him in. You know, there's something attitudinally wrong there. Uh, so they're gone, and that is kind of and getting rid of them wasn't easy. And they've managed to do that. I think also we have signed... I, I was thinking at the weekend, our three best players were the new signings. 
You know, Romero, I think, looks class. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Kulishevsky is clearly a footballer. And they're playing him at 10. You know, he was he was pulling strings and having a go second half against three massive centre-backs in front of him and Neves next to him and still was trying to show it up. And I think Benton Kerr is, uh, looks a cracking player. Mm. Um, you know, and I know they're all kind of new to it, but there are some kind of positives there. Maybe we are getting recruitment right, possibly, at last. And something like Brian Gill, you know, he's he's only 20. You know, he's highly rated sure. in Europe. It was seen as a coup to get him. Maybe he's not ready for English football yet. But it's kind of, we need to be talking about a few of those things. Um, you know, rather, you know, we managed to keep Kane. Moore has had possibly his best season. You know, Son is in and out in terms of form, but it's not all negative. But, you know, Conte's kind of, if he's happy with the effort they're giving, maybe it is the players aren't quite right. But, you know, telling someone they're crap halfway through the season isn't going to help anyone. No, you're right. uh, Lay off that bit. Is Brian is Brian Gill like the Jonathan Blondell? Remember Jonathan Blondell? Yeah, he looks like George Harrison circa Abbey Road period of the Beatles. That's all I can say. I don't know why they've sent him back to back to a Spanish club. Yeah, someone needed to send him to Burnley, I think. (laughs) That would have been the making of him. Because, you know, by all by all accounts, you know, he he's seen as a bit of a wonder kid in European football and hugely talented. So was Jonathan uh, Blondell, though, Fletch? Well, you know, but we had a lot of them in... So was Stefan Dalmat. So was... Uh, yes, uh, who's, who's the guy, um, the Algerian see. guy um, who went to QPR? That, uh, oh, God. Tarabat. The one who, needed, who? Tarabat? Tarabat, yeah. Adele Tarabat. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he needed a ball just for himself. He did need a ball. Yeah. They, had, they had a good debate on the Fighting Cock podcast, didn't they, about whether sending Brian Gill to Spain was the right thing. And it's like it's that balance between do you do you take someone out of the firing line and put them back in an environment where they're more comfortable, or do you make them suffer more by sending them to Stoke or to Burnley, yeah, somewhere where somewhere where the rain and the snow come sideways <laughs> and, and batter you in the face? He could have helped Sean Dyche shovel the snow. That that would have that would have given that, him that more money, more bicep that, uh, definition, wouldn't it? Brian Gill with short sleeves in Burnley. I'm pretty sure that's the... Imagine Brian Gill coming out of a nightclub in Burnley with short sleeves. And... It would be character problems. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, just want to sort of move on from like, you know, we talked about White Hart Lane and we talked, talked about some, you know, a little bit, other, a few other bits and pieces. But I just want to go around, around the table and sort of say, who, who, I want one winner and one loser under Conte so far. Um, Sim, can I start with you? Of the Conte era, who's one winner and one loser? My winner, and it it's comes at a weird time because of what happened in the last game, but my winner is Hugo Lloris. Signed a new contract in the last couple of weeks. He's been largely pretty good yeah, yeah. up until that game. He's had a few sort of unex- inexplicable clangers in the Wolves game. But by and large, I think he's probably the winner on the Conte so far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, uh, and one loser? One loser. Mm. For many. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'd probably go with... Maybe Davinson Sanchez again, because I think he started well and maybe it was a bit of promise and maybe he thought, actually, I'm not kind of that bad and the fans are kind of starting to take to me again, even though he didn't actually celebrate any of the goals. He just would score a couple of goals and would just stare at the fans 
Um, and then he's finally, lo and behold, he's gone back to his kind of untrustworthy ways. So I think he will, I think ultimately he will be a loser under Conte. Um, Peter, can I come to you? Well, funnily enough, a winner. curiously, before his terrible howler against uh, Brighton, I just said uh, Davis had a bit of a resurrection. Uh, in fact, the virtue of his left foot laying on the centre. But, you know, spectacularly, I think more, more dyers than, you know, his stock has gone up so high by not even being on the pitch. You know, prior to his injury, it's a great out and out winner. I think, and as a loser, I think any you could pick any one of the three people who departed really, and uh, uh, Delhi or the Soso. I, 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 ironically, our three most creative players, really, three creative players, gone out the door. Yeah. Um, which pains me to see, but uh, yeah, any one of them is great. Yeah. I, 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 I losers. Yeah. And uh, Fletcher, who's your, who's your winner? Um, well, a couple of... I was considering Luis and Davis as well. Um, I think Harry Kane's been a bit of a winner under him. Uh, just in the way that the spotlight's gone off him a little bit. You know, he was out of form. He was getting a lot of stick for wanting to leave. He seems to have kind of taken the Kool-Aid of Conte saying all the right things and so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he still hasn't been fully up to speed, but, you know, the kind of, I think the glare has just gone off him um, in the way that it was possibly before Conte joined. And, he, you know, he did look like one of those ones who just hadn't brought in to Nuno. Um, so I think Kane, you know, and he did have a good run of form, although he's been poor in the last couple of games, I felt. Uh I, I was going to say lose uh, Le Celso initially, as I thought he was the player who would possibly become very central under Conte. But the one I'm actually going to go for, because I rate him and I'm absolutely mystified, is Joe Roden, who, when Davidson Sanchez can consistently make errors, and he still won't give Roden a shot... Um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm absolutely mystified why the lad can't get a game when we're playing three at the back and die is injured. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I sort of wonder what he's like in training. I mean, what, I mean, what, what is uh, you, you watch him, you watch him play for Wales, Fletch. Is he good on the ball? Yeah, he, he's become kind of since Ashley Williams retired. He's become kind of the main man. You know, yeah. he's the one who plays in the middle. He's the one the ball goes to from out the back. But most of all, you know, he gives everything. He's, you know, he's your Hoiberg punch in the air when he blocks one for a corner type, you know. Um, and he's a bit of a, he's become quite a talisman for Wales and a, you know, a leader because he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and, you know, and it's felt in recent games that that's exactly what we kind of need. And, you know, who's not going to learn from playing alongside someone as good as Romero, who's got just a bit of class to him? And, you know, Davis is kind of, you know, been around a long time now and it's positionally quite good, I think. So, you know, Sanchez just doesn't look comfortable with the football at his feet. Yeah, which, which I think is quite a mainstay of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's kind of fundamental to it. 
sorry, Fletcher. Why, why don't the managers trust Roden then? None of the managers seem to trust him. I don't know. You know, he kind of he got a lot of um, he got a fair amount of time under Marino, and there was a couple of goals when the ball got past him at the far post. But um, Dyer did exactly the same and continued to play. So I, I don't know. Maybe they think he's too naive or agricultural or what. But is he agricultural though? I, I personally don't think so, but, you know, um, I, I think we could at the moment, I mean, we can't do any worse, can we? Um, you know, get in, we could have conceded 10 against Southampton. And I know, there were, I know the midfield are getting overrun, but there's still three centre-backs there. And you, you saw with Wolves how three centre-backs are meant to play and kind of are a wall and commanding. Um and we haven't got that at the moment. We, you know, we look good with Romero bringing the ball out. But other than that, I mean, look at the first two goals on, against Wolves. It was just calamity after calamity. And but with, with that one, to be too tactical. But possibly when Dyer's on there, can you know, does Dyer and we just don't notice the nuances of it? Does, does Dyer possibly slip into like a three in midfield sometimes and slip into the back three? Because, you know, he's played that central midfield position. I mean, I've never really noticed it, but possibly does he do? Does he play a little bit further forward so he makes it more of a three? And then maybe isn't that what isn't that what David Luiz was doing in that yeah. Chelsea team? David Luiz Correct. played played point. in yeah, the middle yeah. of the three. Yeah. Um, maybe that's kind of like the antidote to when we are sort of when you've got to adjust the system in like the micro part of a game, and yeah. uh, we are maybe losing more of the ball. Um, and then I suppose it's possibly you have an extra man to charge out to the Ward Prowse cross, but then does that mean that you don't have the man yeah. to mark in the middle? Like we had three guys in the middle anyway. And sometimes with the three, actually, maybe it's it's a little bit more difficult to know who's actually picking up someone like Che Adams, um, who just kind of flies in with that header. And he's sort of like, he's not he's not a, your, your target man, is he? I mean, we're going to be playing Burnley in a couple of weeks and they've got a guy who's about six foot eight up top. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. <laughs> On the subject of um, Dyer, I, I have to worry about incidents like in the West Ham game, EFL Cup game, where he basically gave a goal away. Where I think he was, he thought that he was Franz Beckenbauer. So um, you talk about that kind of mid, going into midfield sometimes. Yeah, he's got to, got to be careful that he just he doesn't try to do stuff like that. Yeah. By the way, going off piece a little bit, the two boys were at the game, Peter and Fletch. You weren't you weren't there, were you, Ian? The West Ham the, game. The, the, sorry, the Wolves game. No, I wasn't there. Man. Yeah, Ruben Neves does my head in. Like, really, really, really good player. Like really, really sort of like a midfield general. But the guy doesn't stop moaning. He's no, he's di- he dives around. He rolls around. He's always harassing the ref. Is there number ten? The one with the always. That's part. I think Podence. But ne- Neves, the guy with the long hair in the middle with the beard, he's just always like he, there was there was the one in the second half where I think. Uh, we got like a free kick on the edge of the box where so I can't remember who was went on a run and and got brought down by him. Yeah. And he's just mouthing off at the ref. He just really irritates me. But he's a brilliant player. I'd I'd, I'd actually I actually wonder if it's if that's the kind of person that we need. Someone who's obviously a good footballer, but someone who actually yeah. doesn't stop fighting for a decision. The dark, the dark arts of the world. Yeah. That's a good point, actually, Sim, because I think in the last three games there's been three centre midfielders I'd happily take. <laughs> In with Wolves, yeah, um, Wolves, Wolves, and Basuma second half against Brighton was yeah, just yeah. a class above everyone on the pitch half the time. Um, 
I wouldn't mind just buying Premier League players, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Anyway, guys, let, let's sort of uh, move on from there. We've had the winners and losers. I, I totally agree with Stim on uh, Hugo Lloris. Um, and it's a great point um, about Roden. Um, Fletch has been a bit of a loser in this. You know, we, we can't can't do any worse than what's happening, really. But let, let's sort of move on. So this is something new for YE1 Spurs, <laughs> a bit of role play. Because you know, we have moaned, moaned and moaned about the transfer policy here. You know, and I possibly think the last transfer window wasn't that bad. But I think a little bit of role play. So I'm going to throw this out there. This might not work, but we can cut it. You know, Sim's a great editor, you know, we can cut it. So I'm going to be Daniel Levy. And Sim, you're going to be possibly, you know, Conte asking what he wants. Or Paratici, yeah? Right, okay. So let's try it, okay? Basically, my job isn't, you know, I work in finance, so, you know, I like to keep a tight ship and everything. So yeah. let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. I'm going to be Daniel Levy. Okay. So you want to sign a player. Let's go. Hello, Daniel. Come in. I'm not going to do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a bit racist. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, so, Daniel, we're going to need, I'm not going to specify to start with what positions, but I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Okay. We're going to need five new players. Five. And I think we'll probably have to spend about 150 million quid. In the January um, transfer window? Yeah, uh, in the summer transfer window. Let, let's, let's, let's say, let's say, should we say the summer? Because no, the January, no, no. January is like, oh, okay, January. It's really in January. Okay. It's really in January. Um, so, yeah. Daniel, yeah. Uh, I've come in. The fans absolutely love me. Everyone's behind me. The club's all behind me. Um, Fabio's kind of, your your man Fabio has, has persuaded me to come to Spurs. You know, I, wouldn't, I never would have done that before. I'm here now. I need, <laughs> I need, <laughs> um, I need three players this, this window. Okay. Um, and... One of them is a midfield general. We also need a central defender and a right wing back. What? Are, well, what? What are you? What are you going to get rid of some? Because we've got a sale to buy. Well, we, we're getting Deli Ali off of the wage bill. He's he's going to Everton. Okay. Um, he's on, I think, about a hundred and twenty ish grand a week. So that's going to weigh up, um, free up a bit of wages. Okay. Um, Lo Celso as well. Yeah. Um, we'll be going out on loan. Is he went on loan, didn't he? He did. Yeah. But, but I'll stop you there, Fabio, Antonio. <laughs> but they might go out where they will come back. They're still on their wage bill. They'll come back. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, Delhi's not coming back, is he? Delhi's not coming back, but Lo Celso, Gil. Lo Celso's not in my plans. Lo Celso isn't in my plans. So the money that we're going to get for him in the summer, because we will get something for him in the summer, because he'll leave here and he'll probably start playing quite well elsewhere. So, just trust me on this one. We need to replace him, but we need to get someone who can basically do a bit more than him. Do they, these players you're going to bring in, <laughs> are they the finished article or would they have a residual sale value? I, I want the finished art- article. Um, but won't the finished article cost a lot of money? The finished article might cost upwards of 60 million. Okay, we've never bought a player bigger than like 54 million. Yeah. Yeah, but he's again. He's probably going to be gone in the summer as well. He's gone out on loan, um, but as soon as he starts recapturing the form that we know that he can, we'll get a bit for him in the summer. So once again, trust me on that. Trust me that Lacelso and Undombele. They've, you know, I've tried with them. They've not worked out. Okay. So let's 
let's you know let, let's let's cut our losses with them in the summer and hope that their resale value goes up hope, from their second half of the season form. Hope doesn't cut the mustard <laughs> on the balance sheet. <laughs> anyway, guys, I'll stop that there. Okay, so Peter, I sort of feel that is a great, and then that's not scripted at all. Peter, I think that's what happens that in the conversation. No one's going to believe that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was a scripted at all. But I just think so. That that possibly is 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 that. Is that sort like you're indicative of what actually happens? Is that the conversation? Is that the conversation, Peter? Do you think which happens? But not nothing. So to take a step back a bit, you know, say for example that's at Chelsea or Man City, I know it's different spending power, or even at Newcastle now. You know, Conte, Conte, if Conte was at Newcastle, he said, I want this, 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 then trust him, trust him, trust him. You know, is is Levy, you know, is this role play thing killing us and when is it ever going to stop? Is that indicative, that conversation between me and Sim, not scripted obviously, Fletch, don't be sulky, but <laughs> is, is that indicative of what actually happens, do you think? I think might be, uh, be quite similar to what happens, however, uh, you ask, but it's more like a Oliver Twist kind of situation where you ask for more. You know? <laughs> I mean, more closer to that. I, I don't know. I don't know what goes on, but I know that we haven't got deals over the line. And I'm talking about perhaps Grealish as a prime example. The other one, maybe. Uh, but the instead of getting ourselves, we might have got um, Bruno Fernandez instead. So those are two things that didn't go over the line, maybe because of something to do with personal terms, perhaps. But isn't that the conversation? Like, you know, Fletch, so, um, Peter just mentioned Grealish and also the Bruno Fernandes. You know, Sims come to me, you know, asking for these players. I'm sort of saying residual value, you know, that yeah. can we sell people? Whereas, should we just be, you know, that that's what's ruining our club at the moment for me. Yeah. So that little bit of role play, while being very unscripted and very poorly acted out because we're not actors. But Fletch, <laughs> is that indicative of what actually happens? I think so, but I also think he may be changing his spots a little bit. Yes. Times. Yes. I think. I mean, I think the Ndombele deal was a turning point where I think Poch wanted him. He was one of the most hotly sought-after young players in Europe. We paid record transfer fee for him and paid him two hundred grand a week early in the transfer window mm-hmm. and that felt like um you know and i think some of the structured deals we're doing obviously the celso was only on loan before we bought him romero is only on loan um thankfully our second choice keeper is only on loan uh as well um so i think kind of the nature of i think the fear of spending big now and spending more you know when we had that rigid rate structure and so on. I think that's kind of changed now. But, you know, I think uh, I think the thing with Levy now is, like, play on his ego and, you know, try and get him to turn into a high roller. I think that... <laughs> Let's play some football manager here, mate. You know, uh, we're going to sell five defenders immediately and get the money in the bank <laughs> get some in. You know, um, I, uh, I think... I think there has been a change and, you know, I know Paratici's just brought in two players from his old club, but there does seem to be 
things do seem to be slightly smarter rather than quibbling over five grand I a week. To- I totally agree. Stephen, do you feel that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'd be interested to see. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely got a point there. It does, the, the whole wage structure thing is like there was a time where we weren't paying over like 80 grand a week. Yeah. So that's definitely changed. I'll be interested to I see. Think, I think it's coupled with a lot of jails as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, maybe, it maybe put a ceiling on what we could have done at that time. Um, but like the the two deals that we did on deadline day, um, they're, two, they're both, again, loans, aren't they? The, the Benton Kerr and Kulisevsky, they're both on loan, aren't they? I think one of them is four, isn't it? One of them. Kulisevsky's permanent. Yeah, is he? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this whole thing of utilising his contacts at Juventus, that's brilliant. We want to see that go to a different level in the summer now. You've got players, I, I, can't, I don't really know them to name, to be fair, but I've heard that there's a lot of decent players who are kind of out of contract in Serie A yeah. in the summer. So if, if you're talking about players who are going to be going on freeze, you have to you have to pay him a bit more, don't you? Because um, that's what you know. That's, that's just what that's the way the market works. So that that's going to be a that's going to be a test of our might in terms of the, the wage structure. And then something Flex said earlier as well, like signing proven Premier League players. Surely that's a formula that that will work. But that's yeah. that that just costs a lot of money in terms of transfer fees. Doesn't it, it? it does, but that's kind of something I want to pick up on because I I think we saw with. The lad going to Liverpool um, over us. Diaz. We did a deal, but, you know, they've won the Champions League and the league recently. So that that is going to keep on happening at the moment. But if we look at the the side under Poch, it was smart shopping. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't, we couldn't afford and we couldn't attract the best players in Europe. Um so we had to kind of work our way around it and kind of think a bit more smartly. And yeah, there will be players in the Premier League who uh, are kind of will cost an absolute fortune. But on that hand, you kind of, I'd rather pay 50 million for a Premier League player than one from Lyon. Uh, and on the other hand, let's we're not going to be able to beat, you know, Barcelona and Liverpool, as we've just seen, to players. So, you know, we should be looking at, free some Serie A and who's bubbling under a Ajax again and that type of thing. Um, or so a think... Ward Prowse, possibly. Sorry? Or a Ward Prowse. Well, he'd probably cost 50 million, wouldn't he? Because he's a Premier League player. But but should we, you know, I had the conversation with one of the, one of the guys at work about you know, Chelsea buy, every player they buy is a 50 or 60 million pound player. Is he the finished article? Pretty much, they hit the ground running. Day, for example, and was on the bench until this season. Yeah, we're utilising him. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, some of the some of you know Havertz hasn't been brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Werner hasn't been kind of brilliant. I know they've they've won a Champions League, so they're yeah. they're doing okay. But you know, I think it's um, I think maybe just we, we may need to just look at the second tier player at the moment. Because until you're in the Champions League, don't go worrying about those those kind of above it because we're not going to get. So we might be better off buying players from Southampton and Brighton and Leeds. No, if I was um, if I was if I was if I was I can't do an Italian accent. I would just say Daniel. 
Because he's talking about the mistakes made in the transfer market. He did, he did. He did say, Daniel, I'm an artist. I know nothing of money. All I know is I want Trent, and I want Lamptey as a backup, and I want De Bruyne, (laughs) (laughs) and I want... uh, uh, who else do I want? Uh, that's football Van manager. Dijk. Van Dijk. That's he football would do manager. Well. Yeah. That's <laughs> that football manager. Football, isn't it? Yeah. That's a bit of role Just ask the fans to just buy more <laughs> more pork ramens at the grounds, and that will pay for it. I don't pay, maybe perhaps don't pay yourself a bonus this. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a it's, sensitive point. It's all about the it's all about the money, as uh, Jesse J said, who's a big football fan as well. Yeah, it's all about the money. He's a big, big Spurs fan as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's from Essex as well, so it makes it doubly great. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think we'll wrap up that. I'm not sure the four play thing is great. Uh, four play, <laughs> role play, <laughs> four play, role play. Four plays for role later, play. later. The role play definitely not four well, play. Valentine's Day was lost, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry guys, I don't know what I'm thinking. So the, the role play. You've got to leave that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> possibly we might do some role play again next time, and we might do some accents. Or is that possibly not working? Or possibly not work. But anyway, Fletch, it's been brilliant, brilliant having you back. One year on, I think. Enjoyed it. Thanks everyone. I think I Cheers. think you. Uh, I think uh, at our uh, Y won awards last year. You got voted uh, play, favorite uh, favorite pundit of the year. So you know we will need to have you back again. How's the statue to Daniel Levy coming along? <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> it's on the balcony at the moment. Yeah, the, the collection is uh, is it is it top to hundred quid yet? Oh, you know, people just can't get enough of him. He's, uh, you know, leader legend. What yeah, do they have yeah. at Chelsea? Yeah, leader legend, captain, was it? Yeah. I, I, I actually think Daniel Lee would be brilliant because I actually think like, it would be great to get a statue of him because I think he's actually smaller than I am. <laughs> he's a he's teeny not tiny big, man. He's not a big guy, is he? Yeah. Like Sim, don't be quite, is it? If you have a fail back for a third time, then yeah. uh, I'll be putting some more money towards it as well. Yeah, okay. Well, Fletch, it's been brilliant, brilliant having you back. Um, Sim, great to have you. Well, it's been a great podcast. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it today. It's been really good. And Peter, it's been great. Yeah. Well, guys, keep listening to YE1, spread the word. Um, we'll be back with a lot more regular ones now this year. We've been very, very busy. Sim's been very busy. and. Uh, Sim is the driving force behind it, so uh, hopefully we'll be back in the next few weeks. But keep listening, and thanks everyone. Thank you guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.